Where do governments borrow funds from? What are the sources of credit that governments can access? What are the differences between these sources of lending? What is multilateral lending? Why does it exist? What is its purpose? This is Emmanuel Wachendo with the How Countries Get Rich podcast with the question of the day. What exactly is multilateral lending? In the market for public debt, a distinction is made between debt denominated in the domestic currency and debt denominated in a foreign currency. Further distinctions are made between debt raised in the public sector and debt raised in the private sector. Of public sector debt, a distinction can be made between bilateral debt and multilateral debt. The term bilateral debt refers to loans made by one single government to another government. This loan has one lender and one creditor. The difference between multilateral debt and bilateral debt is that multilateral debt has multiple creditors. The World Bank, the International Monetary Fund, and the Litany of regional development banks represent the collection of multilateral lending institutions. Though the International Monetary Fund is a multilateral lender, this institution's primary function is to ensure the stability of the global financial system. Where the IMF intervenes in emergency situations with implications on the global financial system stability, the World Bank and the regional development banks are designed to support economic development efforts over long time periods. The African Development Bank is an example of a regional development bank. In his 1995 paper, Why Is There Multilateral Lending?, Danny Roderick interrogates the decades-old existential debate surrounding the subject of multilateral lending. As Danny Roderick frames it, the opponents of multilateral lending believe that this group gives unnecessary competition to the developed capital markets and bilateral trade regimes. Danny Roderick's counterpoise to this proposal is built on an investigation of the advantages that multilateral creditors have over private and bilateral sources of capital. Roderick attempts to investigate whether the advantages that multilateral lending has over bilateral and private sector lending justify the continued existence of multilateral lending. Danny Roderick assesses two multilateral advantages, namely information quality and the political profile. Information asymmetry is an important quality of financial markets. When when referring to lender-creditor relationships, one important occurrence of information asymmetry has the lender equipped with less information about a creditor's ability to repay than the creditor does. The lender will carry out an assessment, make a decision, make the loan, and exact a commensurate interest rate charge. 
when making a loan to a state, this assessment includes the national economy as a whole. This is due to the fact that in order to make loan payments, the public sector has a choice between revenues generated through taxes and sums generated through debt. These two options are limited by the productivity of the underlying economy. Danny Roderick argues that multilateral development banks are in a better position to collect, assess, and act on information on the quality of, economic, of the economic environment in question. In terms of collection, the multilateral bank can attach conditionalities on lending that compel the borrower state to provide information on policy formulation and implementation that would facilitate the monitoring of the policies of debtor governments. Danny Roderick argues that private lenders are in no position to do the same. The second advantage that is cited that multilateral agencies have is that multilateral debt is generally of a less political, politically polemic profile than bilateral debt. Nationals of the debt estates have less of a problem with the seemingly stateless face that the multilateral presents. This means that multilateral creditors can attach stronger conditionalities on debt than can bilateral creditors. On the other hand, overt insistence on conditionalities by a bilateral or a private lender is easily interpreted as an infringement on the political freedoms of the debtor state. The two advantages of multilateral institution as identified by Danny Roderick have less to do with lending than they do with the incentives that their involvement can, can generate. Danny Roderick contends that there exists no consensus around the role that multilateral lending should play. From their very existence, the utility of these institutions has been in question. By 1943, the New York Times editorial was expressing its skeptical position about the value of the World Bank. The line of inquiry questioned the idea that public investors should exist in a market whose returns could and should be left to private investors to pursue. Furthermore, the skeptics offered that private capital would be better managed than public capital for the reason that the latter was handled by people who had no skin in the game. The private lender is lending their own money, whereas the public lender is not. Finally, a default on government loans causes greater grief than a default on private loans. If the defaulting borrower has no control over economic and fiscal policies, the lender has wasted his funds. If the defaulting borrower has, con has control over the economic and fiscal policies, then his failure to repay will be a source of international squabbling. Danny Roderick contends 
that the multilateral lender has twin objectives that create favorable conditions for the working of the international capital market. The twin objectives are the monitoring of the government policy and the exercise of policy conditionality. The monitoring function of multilateral lenders serves as a signal to private lenders around the world about the stability and soundness of a given policy environment. In this way, the multilateral is as, is as a vanguard to private capital. Additionally, multilateral lenders have the ability to absorb information externalities. The term information externalities refers to the situation in capital markets whereby information about the solvency of an entity has implications on the solvency of other institutions and sometimes the system as a whole. In addition to their ability to monitor this information, the multilateral lenders official yet apolitical stature and scale for example, they can act in the context of billions of dollars, gives them a stronger position than both the bilateral and the private lender. Finally, multilaterals act as both a policy coordinator for small poor nations with few strong backers and as a lender of last resort to distressed nations. Danny Roderick contends that the multilateral lender has twin objectives that create favorable conditions for the working of the international capital market. The twin objectives are the monitoring of government policy and the exercise of policy conditionality. The monitoring function of multilateral lenders serves as a signal to private lenders around the world about the stability and soundness of a given policy environment. In this way, the multilateral is as a vanguard to private capital. Additionally, multilateral lenders have the ability to absorb information externalities. The term information externality refers to the situation in capital markets whereby information about the solvency of an entity has implications on the solvency of other institutions and sometimes the system as a whole. In addition to their ability to monitor this information, the multilateral lenders official yet a political stature and scale, that is that they can act in the context of billions of dollars, gives them a stronger position than both the bilateral and the private lender. Finally, multilaterals act as both a policy coordinator for small poor nations with few strong backers and as lenders of last resort to distressed nations. Now, relative to the bilateral lender, the multilateral lender is better placed to pursue these two objectives. This ability rests on the fact that the multilateral lender has a lower political profile than the bilateral lender. 
the impositions of the World Bank are not easily interpreted as infringements on political sovereignty. On the other hand, the domestic public would have a negative response to information that a bilateral partner was imposing restrictive loan conditions. The exercise of policy conditionality also reduces the chances that a government will create an unfavorable policy environment for foreign, foreign private investors after foreign investments have been made. Danny Roderick asserts that put together the two objectives of policy environment monitoring and policy conditionality are more important than the role of playing vanguard to private capital. In his assessment, the signals that multilaterals provide to private capital are secondary to the two objectives discussed. In his work, Danny Roderick does not consider that the objectives of economic development and financial sector stability on which multilateral lending is predicated gives it a different impetus than private sector lending. From the state on the receiving end of multilateral credit facilities, this divergence of incentives between public and private sector credit has important implications on the supply and demand of this public good. Despite this, his inquiry into the role that multilateral lenders play in the general credit market makes clear its advantage over both private and bilateral sources of capital. The diplomatic and economic development rationale for the operation of multilateral lenders helps to distinguish the character of loans made to Kenya by the African Development Bank, for example, and those made by bilateral partners like France or China.